hello, hello. I'm your host, Stephanie Martinez Rivera, and you are listening to the Joy Found Here podcast. I am obsessed with reminding my fellow mamas, queens, badass babes, ladies and girls that perfection is just a word, not a lifestyle. Multitasking is overrated. Comparison is a theft of happiness. And yes, you can put yourself first. Oh, and by the way, for optimum results, you should. I'm a New York girl from a small town, part-time badass, proud mama bear times three. I've seen 60 full turns of the sun. I've learned the importance of how kindness begins with you and your self-talk. Join us each week as we help you navigate both the messy and the magical season of this crazy ride called life. Real stories that remind us to reclaim your power. The sun does come out after the shitstorm. A good cry can be cleansing and... We really don't know who sits on top of the mountain of judgment. Sit back, plug in, fill up your cup. This is your time. Remember, you've always had the power. Welcome to Joy Found Here. Hello again, and welcome to another episode of the Joy Found Here podcast. So I'm bringing you a special one today. You don't have to thank me yet. With us today is John Sansoni. Maybe you've heard of him. I'm thinking if you're in, I want to say, in the sales arena, Sales Warrior Inspire, that is a website. What is it about sales that we live in this very different click to buy now? Amazon, I want it in my cart. I want instant gratification right now. But Sales wasn't always like that. John started in advertising and I want to, you know, definitely hear about them. I'm telling you, he's not, you know, it wasn't madman era, but still when the art of salesmanship on that old was face to face, a mental game. And I know that it still is. That is so hard to do, you know, cold calling. I know he's done that. And when you just pick up that phone, And you know, the person's either going to hang up on you, say, never call me again, or you caught the right one at the right time after dialing and picking it up and going back at it, at least what they say a hundred times, because you were closer to your every no is closer to your next yes. All of that mental practice and theory that goes into sales. I want to know, and especially with our digital age, where we're going next? Is sales still sales? Is the game still the game? He works with probably Fortune 500s, works with Fortune 100s, and let's just see what he's got to say. So with that, I say welcome, John. So glad you're here. Oh, yeah, absolutely, Stephanie. Thanks for having me on. Uh, so his sales the same sales is sales the same. same but first wait before we even start with that question i just want to know a little about you so kind of tell us about you anywhere you want to start well i think one of the uh, things that makes me super successful in business is not coming from a uh, really affluent background at a very young age i was working in a factory saving money to go to college, very difficult days, waking up at five in the morning, taking a cold shower, trying to wake up, drinking coffee for 10 cents a cup. This is all true. Getting Mm -hmm. on an assembly line for eight hours, coming home absolutely exhausted and going to bed. This made me want to be educated. I also had a job where I worked in a restaurant as a waiter and the restaurant would go from being completely empty to being completely full, and I can uh, describe it in one word, bus. Mm. We worked our tails off, and we Mm -hmm. had to work as a team, and you had to be sharp, and you had to attend to the customer's needs, and the customer's needs went above and beyond your own. So this really creates drive. Like Mm -hmm. I've worked with so many people over the years who who don't have a lot of drive. I can normally Mm -hmm. outdrive most of the people I'm working with just because of my background. And then, too, somewhere along the lines, I decided to work smart, not hard. So I tend to work very smart in the way I do my business. And and that kind of leads into his sales change. Sales has changed. I cut my teeth calling into organizations without a decision maker. All I had was a phone number and a telephone. 
find the decision maker. I had to cold call to get just the name of the decision maker. Many times I had to cold call to get the phone number of the decision maker, get them on the phone, do my pitch, and start the sales process. This is different than today. Today, mm-hmm. we have so much information on people. So I teach my people. I have a team of two. So it's three of us all together. I teach my people to send what I call a, a cold email to the prospect because we have their email address. In the cold email, we include a free offer, mm-hmm. credibility statement, and a psychological hook. I've developed this over the years specifically from harnessing wisdom from Zig Ziglar's sales process and mm-hmm. using everything that Zig taught. And, uh, and one thing Zig taught was five impressions before you make a sell. So with a cold email, we send the cold email. We don't act hungry. We wait a day and then we call. And most of the time we get voicemail and we leave a voicemail. And in the voicemail, we reiterate everything that was in the cold email because this is our second impression. Our mm-hmm. third impression is uh, another staggered day. So if you think about you start this process on Monday, by Friday, you're sending a second email. Your second email Mm -hmm. is identical to your first email, but it says second attempt. And that's where we book 90% of our appointments is on the email, not on a phone call. On an email, not on a phone call. Uh Second attempt creates urgency. Second attempt means, hey, I hope you read my email. And it's amazing. Like you get people. Like, I'm so sorry, I got your That email. That was my initial reaction because you have second attempt in your subject line. Because then yeah. now, I mean, my initial reaction, because I still, I also have a nine to five, I'm an HR director. And believe me, oh, okay. if I saw that, I would be like, holy shit. Oh my God, what did I miss? Yeah, second attempt. I'm not mm-hmm. the one that came up with this idea. I get it done mm-hmm. to me all the time. Mm-hmm. Tommy Chong, who does CBD out of California, he always hits me with second attempt. John, you didn't see my 4th of July special, second attempt. It's a great idea. Or if you 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 buy something in a basket and you forgot Mm -hmm. to buy it, Mm -hmm. they're like, hey, wait, that stuff in your basket. Ah, I knew I would love this. Come on. Okay. People have a need not to be left out. I was just going to say the whole FOMO. What am I missing? What am I missing? Yes. And to be... I'll say recognized in a pool of emails. Like I have, I sign up for any coupon savings. Here's my email. Here's my email. Here's my email. But I have a dedicated email for that, of which I probably um, think I'm down to like 40,000 on red. But I know what comes in there along with other things. If it's something that I know I want to follow up on, that definitely goes to a different email. But you do see the sequence of the touch, the touch, the touch, the touch. So second attempt, that's where you get a lot of your contact. Absolutely. And then, Mm -hmm. and here's something paramount. And I don't know why people don't do this because it's so easy to do these days. And me growing up without any information on my prospects, having this information is invaluable, but like research your prospects, Mm -hmm. look up their Facebook, look up their Mm -hmm. LinkedIn, Mm -hmm. anything. Now you don't, approach it with, I know all this stuff about you and you don't know anything about me. What you do is you use it as a mindset to tailor your message to things that you think are important about them. And through the process, you might mention, you know, I spent some time, Bob, before we had this call today, I just spent some time just really researching you so I could better understand you. I mean, thoroughly though, my main thing today is that I'm going to take notes and hear what you have to say about what you're trying to solve. Mm-hmm. But most importantly, I want you to know that I cared enough to spend time this morning before our call to research you. Yeah, no, it it's impressive when somebody hears that. It's not, all right, I've been stalking you and your social handles and hey, you know, that picture of you from three years ago. No, it's let me just see the vibe. Let me see what this is about. Yeah, and that, it goes a long way, not only in sales, it goes in recruiting. If you are looking for a job or reaching out, you know, it helps for any candidate to say, and if they did it, well, I was looking on your website and I'm like, oh, yeah. okay, then you're a couple steps then ahead of everyone else. Yeah, I would reiterate to Stephanie, like I teach professional sales, not fly by the seat of your mm-hmm. sales. 
So you've got that set up and you're closing, you have your conversion via email, which was different than all of the phone calling you we used to have to do. Again, the gatekeeper and these usually women were in those desks for a reason. They were protecting the people oh, on the yeah, other side true. of the door. Not anyone is just going to get in front of the audience. But now you have in your computer screen or on your phone, the offer. And then do you close with email? Is it digital product or is it, let me just, you know, do a quick Zoom call. So this way you understand everything that's going on. What, what how does it end? Well, yeah. So uh, it, it ends with proof of concept. So Mm -hmm. So you definitely have to get on the phone and actually talk to somebody typically. Mm -hmm. um, the only reason you wouldn't have to do that is that you just have such a low costing product. Like, do I get on the phone and tell somebody to buy my book? Absolutely not. But I might get on the phone and do a Zoom call, uh, particularly if I think I can help somebody and introduce them to my course. But um, but the key is, is that when you are selling, because this can apply to anybody selling anything, you should consider yourself fishing not prospecting. You're looking for people that are exactly like your current customers. And if people are not interested, it's not your job, in my opinion, to tell them why they should be interested. It's your job to find somebody that's interested. I do more pulling than pushing. And I think mm -hmm. that's why I'm so successful. It goes against what you read in a lot of books, but I really don't try to convince anybody to do business with me. It's the mindset of I'm doing something for them and if they're not interested, I want to find somebody who is. And it's a different mindset than a lot of salespeople have where I need to overcome your objection. I'm going to say if you have to overcome a lot of objections, then I know something about you and your process. You're not making a connection. True. So let's just talk about you, your offerings, and what does that email say? And if I was a client that was interested in you, what am I looking for? Why am I going to hire you? Oh, well, you know, so you offer a free offer. Would you like me to analyze uh, your sales process? Mm. I've been professionally selling for 34 years in multiple industries, technology, professional services, manufacturing, retail, full gamut, really, of, uh, mm -hmm. professional sales. Then the next part of it is uh, you have a feeling for like where they live. And you say, right now I'm servicing other people in the state of Missouri. I'm working mm -hmm. with other people in the state of Texas. I'm working with other people in upstate New York. I'm working with other mm -hmm. people in the Manhattan area. This is your psychological hook. Two, like if you know exactly where they live, like let's say mm -hmm. they live in a particular town in Arkansas and I have vacation mm -hmm. there, I'll let them know. So like right. it's personalized. You're not mm -hmm. spamming people. You're personalizing your offer. Most people won't personalize their offer or give any kind of psychological hook. It's just like, hey, this is what I do. It is so interesting that you're offering for companies. Obviously, you can streamline. You can probably work to make their processes more profitable, which is Absolutely. the name of the game. Is that through time savings as well as others or efficiencies, I should say, raising well, yeah, the levels? Know, some of it comes with efficiency. But I think the, the main thing is like if you look at a sales manager, because that's the space that I'm in, and, mm -hmm. and you look at a sales director and you look at sales people, many of them are lost and they don't mm -hmm. know what to turn to. And so many of them will turn to like whatever the fad information is out right there. So like, I'm not personally a sales director, but if I was a sales director, how comfortable would I be teaching my people the concepts within uh, Jordan Balfour's book, The Wolf of Wall Street, where he served mm -hmm. in prison and the only reason he's out is because he gave up state's evidence. I mean, how comfortable would I be if I'm a director of sales for IBM and I bring in The Wolf of Wall Street and then somehow that gets out to the shareholders that we're teaching those concepts. So nothing against Jordan, God love him. We all make mistakes, but that's what I bring to the table. Like I've never been incarcerated in my life. I'm mm -hmm. a straight arrow. I'm an Eagle Scout. I bring principles of ethics to this mm -hmm. business that the sales managers and sales directors can feel very comfortable, not only with my track record, but the fact that like on my Facebook group, I call it real world wisdom, like sales professional, real world wisdom. 
I'm not making it up. I've been doing it since mid 80s is the Mm -hmm. first time I started selling. And from the get go, I've always been a smart salesperson. I think that's so important, like on every level, and especially in the work environment where the sales director or in the sales manager and people that I'd say may or may not have even been trained for said position. And some people are good trainers and good communicators and good teachers, and others aren't. Just because they know the job doesn't mean they can successfully teach and train it to the new person because a lot of people don't take the time. Like I know I always want to know, especially on on new candidates and new employees, I'm like, you're going to be learning this and this person's going to be teaching you. How do you learn best? Do you like to sit in front of the computer and drive with the mouse while someone's telling you how to do it? Are you a note taker? Whatever you are, make sure you put yourself in that position to succeed. Because I walk past and I see people, you know, just writing the notes and I'm like, well, that'd be great if you look back and read them again, if that's the way that you learn. But a lot of people don't take that time. Absolutely true. And I think too, like when you think of doing business with somebody, people think that it is a yes or no, where it's not in a process of persuasion and or like I like to say, threading the needle where you're finding a need. You're presenting what will fill the need, and they're agreeing to the price for Mm -hmm. which it will fulfill the need. That's how a sale is made. But it's a bunch of minor yeses. Like I teach that. Minor yeses. Would you like to get some information from me? Yes, I would. Would you like to go online right now and, and I can actually show you what we're talking about right now? Yes, John, that sounds great. Any minor yes, you can get going. And and I teach this, like if people who are in sales have trouble with how to get a minor yes, I teach them how to like start doing minor yeses with their family. Like if you have two kids, Bob and Susie, would you like to go get some ice cream with me in the next hour? Yes, we would. Okay. Would you like me to put on the air conditioning while we go? Because it's a hundred degrees outside. Yes, please put on the air conditioning. (laughs) Would you like me to play your favorite music while we're in the car? Yes, please play our favorite music. You say things that you know you're going to get a yes to. Most people who are not professional, they're taught more to like interrogate people, go from the interrogation to the, I know everything, you know nothing. Here's the presentation. And then when the client says no, okay, now I need to put you in a headlock. And what's wrong with you because you won't, because you don't want to buy my product? Completely different. That's called harassment. I liken a good sales conversation to like a good speed date. Like there's agreement, there's uh, relatability. A lot of people miss out on that. Like a lot of people that teach professional sales, they don't understand the concept of relatability. I'll tell you, and I say this every time I get interviewed, people will buy an inferior product at a higher price than what somebody else is selling from somebody they like. Mm-hmm. No and trust every single day. Say you got a Toyota Tundra, but you hate the salesperson. You might go buy it somewhere else at a higher price because you Mm -hmm. don't want to put money in their pocket. People don't want to put money in the pocket of somebody they don't like, know and trust. And that's key. That's the banner. That's, you know, right across the sky. It, It is. If they don't like you, they won't buy from you. I say it all the time. And people, especially young kids getting into sales, argue with me about it. Oh, I, I had a guy the other day. He's like, there's been research done and, and getting somebody to like you isn't as important as it used to be. And I'm like, well, I've been selling 34 years and I just Good sold luck. a major thing mm-hmm. to somebody last week and they love me. I'm curious as to, I know that, and I can't speak for, I'll say the younger people, I'm on the tail end of being on this you know, very long career in, in yes. a lot of different industries, seen a lot in my 62 years. So when you see them come and them, the newbies, it's all new because it's a new world for them outside of the computer screen, even though let's have a Zoom meeting. Why can't we pick up the phone? Sometimes what I'll do is, okay, well, I'm not going to turn my video on. Like this could be a simple, I, I could have you on speaker and do something else. But yet that's all, unfortunately, with the times that they survived and lived through, it was kind of definitely molding them into this is how it is. And 
this, that'll look at us. I mean, here we get a chance to connect. We see each other. That's great. We want to. It's something that we both want to do. We're both getting something out of it versus I've got five minutes of a busy day. What are you telling me? It doesn't even apply to, you know, I can't waste that time. But I also know what it's like to sit across a table. Oh, yeah. To be in a room with others and the art of body language. Very important. And you can even hear body language through a phone. Again, I used to... One of my thousand early careers, you know, I was in collections, smile and dial for dollars. Always had a smile on my face. Always, I'm I'm asking you to pay your bill with a smile on my face. Now, I may hang up and call you a name if you were rude or whatever, but that's okay. I, I would always make sure I hang up first and be like, okay, well, but smile, smile, smile. You hear it on the other side. Thank you. I wholeheartedly agree. One of my very first sales gigs, the manager and I do, I want to say something about managers and directors. They shouldn't be expected to like teach people how to sell. They should be getting like information from professional salespeople and assimilating that because mm-hmm. when you're out of the game, it's hard to teach the game and, mm-hmm. and it's a completely different skill set. So if you right. think of a rock band and you think of the lead singer and the guitar player, these are the people that are in production. They're not the guy booking the hotels and the airplanes and making sure everybody's up at the right time to get on the bus and the airplane mm-hmm. to go to the next gig. It's a completely different skill set to be a director of sales and be a salesperson. It's a completely different skill set. They shouldn't be expected to know like how to wow your customers or, or anything like that. Mm-hmm. But I agree with the smile and dial. One of my sales managers, sales directors, got everybody a mirror to put on their mm-hmm. computer. Mm-hmm. So that while you were talking, you were smiling. It blows my mind. Like I, I get interviewed by people that won't smile. And I'm like, you know, it's not good for your health not to smile. True that. That much is very, very true. It's just interesting to see. And again, I sound so old when I'm like, oh, the generational whatever. I know they bring a different skill set. I think that early in career, they just need to really learn the people nuances and expand their horizons to there's more to it than just what's presented to you. And nothing's personal. You know, I think kids today, sorry, they're a little sensitive. They're like they're wrapped in freaking bubble wrap. Get over it. Right. Because they're right. they're read, you know, when you read words on a screen and there's, you know, uh, extra punctuation marks on something, uh, you know, exclamation, excellent. Okay, listen, point well driven. It's something enough already. If, if you wanted to say that again, pick up the phone and say that. But instead, I'm reading that. And I'm like, well, I don't think that was necessary. Right. And I'm like, well, it wasn't capital. It wasn't bold. It wasn't italicized. It wasn't red. It wasn't underlined. I think it's fine. It could have been all of that. No, they're a little yeah, a little sensitive. You know, uh, and- as we go along, I'm sure the uh, the youth is going to come along with us. Um, it's yes. just a matter of uh, assimilating and possibly to us assimilating to them as well a little. I actually make a lot of younger friends. Like you'd mentioned your age. I'm, I'm 57. Mm-hmm. So uh, mm-hmm. but I just made a friend and he's like 45. I have another friend that's like 35. Mm-hmm. And this is intentional. I work my life kind of like I work my business. And I think to myself, okay, I'm getting older and the average age of men are blah, 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 blah. So if I don't make new friends, just like I don't make new clients, there could reach a point where I don't have anybody to do anything with. Correct. And a lot of older people find themselves in that situation. Like mm-hmm. they've lost a lot of their friends mm-hmm. and their friends, mm-hmm. you know, their friends start getting very introvert and they won't go out and do stuff anymore right. for health reasons and things mm-hmm. like that. That's not going to happen to me because I have a batch of young friends. (laughs) Love. Absolutely love. Uh, Yeah, it definitely makes sense. And we are. We're definitely living longer. Tell me about, you had mentioned you have a book. I want to hear about your book. And I want to hear about your courses and anything else. You two, talk to me. Tell us about you, 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 and you. I'm not a shy guy. So okay, give, I, I figured as much. Go on. <laughs> I'll, so I'll give everybody like kind of an idea of who could benefit from what I do. So if you're a sales manager, a sales director, new to sales, 
and or you've been in sales for years and you're kind of in a rut, I'm the guy to lean on. The reason I'm the guy to lean on is because I'm that breath of inspiration when you wake up on a Monday morning and you don't want to do the rudimentary of what you need to do, which is pick up the phone, send emails, take care of business, get meetings booked. It's hard. People that are not in our business, like sales is the hard, easy job. Why do I say Mm -hmm. that? Well, one, you're not a police officer. You're not a fireman. You're not putting your life at risk. But you are putting like, you're going to get more rejection than a normal person gets. It's almost like you're dating for the rest of your life and you're dating prospects and customers. And some are going to dance with you and some are not going to dance with you and you can't take it personally. And if you can get yourself to the point where it's a game and you're just trying to further yourself in the game, it's going to be a lot easier for you and you're not going to take it personally and you're going to start to reach uh, new heights in sales. So how can I help? I really, with my 34 years in professional selling, I break it down into the easiest way to get my knowledge. I have a course. It's a three-day boot camp. It's 30 hours that can be taken in one-hour action blocks online. So simple. It's audio, it's video, and it's worksheets. Why do I include worksheets? Because if I can get you to write down what's going on with your sales process and you can get it better, you should be able to sell better. And if I can get you writing things down, I'm getting you involved in the process. And Mm -hmm. my stuff was not meant to watch like a movie. My stuff was meant for you to get out your iPads, your Kindle, whatever you take notes on. Me back in the day, it would have been a yellow pad with a pen. Mm -hmm. That's mm-hmm. how I learned. I learned at the feet of Zig Ziglar, Tom Hopkins, yep. Tony Robbins, Brian Tracy. I am an example of what's possible when you learn the wisdom of others. And then what I do is I color it with my 34 years of real world sales uh, stories. So I'll share with you. I was able to overcome how I was able to do all these different things and all these different sales gigs that I've had Mm -hmm. so that you can duplicate it in your life. So how do you get this wisdom? You just go to my website, saleswarriorinspire.com. Three-day boot camp probably sounds like a lot of money. And when I came out of the uh, gate, it was, it was like four or 500 bucks. But now, honestly, I don't need the money. I'm financially independent. I really don't need to work. I'm completely debt-free. So you can get it for 99 with it, I'll give you my free book. My book on Amazon is 10. You'll get it for free. Mm-hmm. With it, you'll get monthly inspiration from me when like things like we're doing today with Stephanie being interviewed and sharing good information for you. You'll get that monthly for free. So not trying to become wealthy. I'm already wealthy. Trying to help you. And this is how you can get my help. And this is how you can get my wisdom. Oh, uh, my podcast. Uh, I do have a podcast. Yeah. I have an international comedy podcast that Uh right now has 40 hours of comedy. In fact, one of the people that I had on my podcast, because you're a New Yorker, is Mm -hmm. uh, Jeffrey Gurian. And Mm -hmm. for people who don't know who Jeffrey Gurian is, he's a stand-up comedian. He used to work at the comic strip in in Manhattan. Mm -hmm. He's written jokes for Rodney Dangerfield, Andrew Dice Clay. Mm-hmm. You name it, some of the biggest names in comedy he's written jokes for, and he's a professional comedian, and he has his own uh, comedy YouTube channel. But uh-huh. my comedy show is called Schools Out 80s Comedy Storytime. So I've had famous people on, on it from the 80s. I've had famous people on it in the music business. I'll continue to have famous people on it and non-famous people because mm-hmm. the whole idea mm-hmm. is really to get people to laugh. So we won't do any sales presentations. We do comedy story time because we want to make people laugh. And that's a big portion of sales too. Like, how do you handle all the rejection? You got to have balance in your life. Yeah. What's the best way to have balance in your life? Find the fun. Yeah. And really, I mean, I've been taught through the years, uh, a lot of it in sales and, and the no is nothing is ever personal. Nothing is ever personal. That's rare. It really, truly is because, you know, they're really saying, no, now is not a good time. They say just no is just 
easier to say than yes. I know that sometimes when things get, I'll say, just a little busy and hectic on my schedule, I go to the, if it's not an easy yes, it's a hard no. Like, nope, no, yeah, no. And then I didn't get, I might have shut it down even before I, I heard the clothes, the hook, the what, no, yeah, no, can't do, no room. So I'm not saying no to that. It's never about you. It's not. We're just the vessel. That we're just the delivery person there. But going back to your comedy channel, as you say, for famous people and not famous people, and I don't know how many you know in the industry, but uh-huh. I would think you'd have to sell yourself to like, hey, I have this. I have, you know, this is my YouTube channel. Love to have you again, just like us booking. You oh, know. absolutely. I'd love to have you. You're always we're always selling ourselves or something in some way, shape or form where people may not even realize that. Right. And I do. I have some inroads to some people and mm-hmm. I haven't yet built up my YouTube channel enough. I'm like most YouTube channels you might or might not know have less than a hundred people that mm-hmm. uh, listeners or whatever. I mean, there's the kids that have thousands oh, of the subscribers. I know. I know it, it's insane, but most YouTube channels have less than a hundred. I actually started mine the first year. I only had 45 people tuning into mm-hmm. my YouTube channel. Now I have 206. So it's grown tremendously, but I'm an optimist and I believe one day I will have thousands of listeners on my YouTube channel. Uh, my next guy that's uh, being interviewed by me, I, we just cut it the other day. He's a puppeteer. It's mm-hmm. so funny. Like he's this guy and he's got a, a beard, a mustache like me, but he has long flowing hair and it's kind of reddish. And uh, his name is Danny Galvez. And mm-hmm. so his family is, uh, I think, Spanish or Mexican. Mm-hmm. And then he has a puppet that has long hair. And the <laughs> puppet looks like him. <laughs> And so, so if you picture like a Muppet, yeah, the yeah. Muppet looks like Danny and you just look at this picture of Danny and it's just so funny. It just made me laugh. Like I saw him do stand up, and I'm like, oh my God, I gotta I, have this guy. Isn't that, uh, isn't that the way it is? It's, you know, when you either, I do that a lot because I uh-huh. listen to a lot of podcasts and I'm like, who is this person? Uh-huh. I want to, I get to, and I'll just reach out. Yes or no. Maria Shriver. I've sent her the, you know, like, I would love to sit and chat. Of course I would. Me and a thousand other people. Do I sulk because, oh, I have, nope, day five, haven't heard from Maria yet. Haven't heard back. Hey, shout out to Maria. I do it all the time. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe the stars will align, perhaps, but you keep going. No, yeah. You just like, like, I see this as like what we're doing today. Stephanie, mm-hmm. I, I see this as like I have a grandson. And one day I'm no longer going to be on this earth mm-hmm. and he is going to have all of this wow. wisdom yes. from me yes. he's going to be able to harness and my podcast. So combination mm-hmm. of my comedy podcast mm-hmm. and all this wisdom, because probably yeah, like yeah. once or twice a month, I get interviewed mm-hmm. by folks on their uh, podcast and then I disseminate it through all my mm-hmm. different social media. So I just love it. It's it's so true. I, we have, I have a grandson too. And yeah. He just turned a year and Uh, at the beginning of the year when I was, you know, when my daughter was expecting and everything, we were talking about that. And someone said, you know, you're giving your grandchild and future whatever, just such a legacy. That's so cool. God, we're good. We're good. We are. All right. So the website is where all the action happens. And the website again is? Saleswarriorinspired.com. You know, also, I give free inspiration out on my LinkedIn channel. It's just just John J-O-N, sales warrior, all one word. So people can get connected with me so darn easy. But if they go out to saleswarriorinspire.com, that's where they can get my course, get hooked Mm -hmm. up with me long term. At some point, I'm going to start doing like online seminars. I have no idea like what the price point of those are going to be. But I'm going to constantly be sharing things that are pertinent. Because Mm -hmm. inspiration is more important than process. You think about like in your garage, you have a brand new Corvette and it sounds exciting. You got this brand new Corvette and that's kind of how knowledge is like, oh, I got this great knowledge on how to Mm -hmm. sell. Mm -hmm. Oh, this guy with 34 years just taught me all this stuff on like how to sell, how to close, how to overcome objections. I don't want to say I don't overcome objections because of course I do. But I'm just saying, if you uh, if you make a connection, you have less objections. 
And that's what I teach too, is like, how do you make a connection? How do you take a total stranger mm-hmm. and make them your mm-hmm. friend so much that not only do they want to do business with you, they want to refer you to f- friends and family. And I yeah. teach that, but more importantly, that Corvette that's in your garage that has no gasoline in it. I help you put the gas in the car so that you can get up and take it on the highway and mm-hmm. get to where you want in life. That's what I really provide. I provide the inspiration because yeah. uh, like a lot of people that teach professional sales, it's very monotone. It's very uninspirational. Mm-hmm. People even draw charts and things like that. Salespeople are emotional animals. The human and side of it. Yes. You got to get inside your own head. You got to figure out what jazzes you. I teach people to find out what jazzes them. I teach mm-hmm. them to not sell just because you're getting a check. I mm. teach them to sell because the check that you're getting is going to lead to something you really want. You'll end up helping more people because you're pushing yourself to that next goal. Like me right now, my next goal is a lake house. Does mm-hmm. everybody have to have the goal of a lake house? No, but that's just my next goal. Mm-hmm. Uh, my next goal too is to uh, be able to spend more time with my mom. And uh, the reason is because she's in her mid eighties and you're not going to have them forever. Mm-hmm. And I have True. already started spending more time with my mom, but that's just like a personal goal. And when you put that together, I call this my warrior vision list. In a warrior vision list, you include things you've accomplished, the things you want to accomplish. And the reason is, is because if you write them down, your uh, psychological subconscious mind doesn't know the difference between an accomplished goal and a non-accomplished goal. Mm-hmm. So if you look at things that you haven't accomplished with things that you have accomplished, it starts yeah. to turn in your head and you're like, wow, I can do that. Like mm-hmm. I've done that. I've done that. I could do that too. And then I teach people to associate with su- successful people. So join groups where you can get with people that are successful because this is used a lot, but it's so true. We are the sum of the five people that we hang out the most with. And you can have your friends that you hang out with. But mm-hmm. like I have my virtual friends that I hang out with mm-hmm. and my virtual friends. So I'm the sum of Brian Tracy, Tony Robbins, Tom Hopkins, Zig Ziglar, Brandon Bouchard. He's kind of new mm-hmm. in, the, uh, mm-hmm. in the scope, yep. but he's new big, in the space. Yeah. Ed Milet, all of them, the whole, the whole gang. Yeah, yeah. He, he uh-huh. got my attention. So I became a student of Brendan Bouchard's and that's really why I wrote my book. Because Brendan said, John, that's how I saw it. Like I was taking a seminar, but he Mm -hmm. said, hey, guys, if you want to be successful as a professional motivator, you need to write a book, one. Mm -hmm. You need to uh, create a professional course, two. And you need to have a way to grow your audience, three. And one of the best ways is a podcast. So I literally threaded the needle. I did all three that Brendan told me to do. And it wasn't Mm -hmm. easy. It didn't happen overnight. But every time I got stuck... I reached out to a professional in the area. Think back to the mechanics story. I got a, uh, a gentleman who had a uh, degree in uh, like professional writing of some type. Mm-hmm, and, uh, mm-hmm. and he ended up editing my book. Oh, okay. Many times creative people are not good with grammar. Mm-hmm. And I have to admit, I'm not great with grammar. But my book has great grammar in it because I leveraged uh, my buddy who is a professional writer. And then two, like I didn't know how to get my book published. I reached out to a gentleman that knew exactly how to help me get my book published on Amazon. So every step of the way, I ran into like roadblocks. Even when I first started doing my podcast, I'm like, I know nothing about video production. Mine's on YouTube. Mm -hmm. I know nothing about video production. I've never even used video production software. And so uh, at the time, my son of 17 taught me how to do video production. You know, that's just a just an example. Like we can't do it ourselves. And there's wisdom out there that's come before us. Just like I'm asking people, hey, think about using my wisdom. I use other people's wisdom. I don't try to do it myself. And that's the goal to growth is uh, when you realize that you can't do it on your own. And when you realize that you need to be like insightful and aware of things that are around you that have gone before you and you use that wisdom to go further yourself. That is true wisdom. Love, love. And like anything in life, it definitely takes a village, but that was a good mic drop right there. I like that. <laughs> it does. I mean, I'm a product of my village too. Like, yeah. 
I had such great men and women that raised me. It wasn't just my parents. Mm-hmm. And they instilled in me like work ethic and uh, family and just everything that's important was instilled in me by the tribe that the chiefs and chieftains and mm-hmm. whatever you call a woman that's a chieftain, you know, <laughs> all the people and the strong personalities that raised me and, and really in some ways continue to raise me that are still living. I still lean on wisdom of people that are older than me. Because I've always been of the belief that I'm not trying to do it hard. I'm trying to make life as easy as possible. And one of the ways to do that is to become wise. And the only way to become wise is to go into the tent where the chiefs and chieftains are and sit down and listen to the wisdom that they can share with you. It's very, very true. Just to be in the room where it happens and not suffer too much from imposter syndrome. Like, I don't know why I'm here. I don't deserve to be here. Like, why can't you take space in a room? They're people. They're people who, again, have a little more experience or in sales, especially. They heard more no's than you have. Break it down. That's what differentiates, you know, who's in the president's circle or the leader's circle versus you. They might have stayed an extra hour to make the extra phone calls. They might have done a lot of different things, but that's the only difference between them. You know, here's the thing about imposter syndrome. So imposter syndrome is a way to name a condition and or really just like an emotional uh, situation. And that emotional situation is self-doubt. And it's Mm -hmm. normal people to have self-doubt. If you've never accomplished a certain task and you have self-doubt about it, that's completely normal. But I would challenge everybody not to use the term imposter syndrome. Mm -hmm. Imposter syndrome sounds like you have a disease and, oh, I can't do that because I have imposter syndrome. Do you have imposter syndrome or do you just have self-doubt? Like I didn't used to be able to drive and dock a boat, particularly drive and dock a boat in bad weather. Now I can drive and dock a boat in really bad weather better than most people. Why? Because I know how to do it. How did I learn how to do it? Trial and error. Mm-hmm. I didn't let my fear get in the way of taking action. And that's key. Like most of us have fear about anybody, anything that we've never successfully mm-hmm. accomplished, mm-hmm. however big or small that is. I don't think we should call it imposter syndrome. I'm just, it's a pet peeve. I think we should call it self-doubt. And there's nothing wrong with having self-doubt. I mean, those two words have two different weights to them. It's definitely like, the word of the It's year, a harsh, harsh least. word. And it's like saying I have cancer. It sounds very finite. Like, mm-hmm. oh, well, he can't uh, get a job. He has imposter yeah. syndrome. <laughs> you cannot do that because what happens psychologically, if you create a name for yourself and you own it, mm. then that's a much better way to describe your emotion then I have anxiety or worse yet, I have depression. I mean, I've had depression. I know the difference between a little anxiety and being a little off. When you have depression, when you have true depression, you can't Mm -hmm. eat, you can't sleep, your memory is off, you are not going to function at the same level. Your endorphins are so low that you will just not be yourself. That's depression. A little anxiety I don't even like the term anxiety because people banter that around so much too. I think we should say we're a little off or we're on our game when we're in in two, like I believe in managing emotions. Like mm -hmm. we shouldn't say we're doing fantastic or we're doing awesome. That puts us on a roller coaster. I'm depressed. I'm awesome. Really? Sounds to me like you're in mania. And if you think about it, like you have a grandson, I have a grandson. When you think about children, and it's a good way to think about your own emotional makeup. When you think about children, if uh, if you get your child up like a young child under the age of five and you get them up on a Saturday and you're like, oh, my God, it's Saturday. Get out of bed. We're going to go to lunch and then we're going to go play all day. Then we're going to go to the park. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. We're going to meet your mom in a restaurant tonight. Mm-hmm. Then we're going to take you to a movie and blah, mm-hmm. blah, 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 blah. What you've done is like now that kid is on a roller coaster And when you get that kid to try to go to bed Sunday night, when they got to get up for daycare the next day, Mm -hmm. you know what that kid's going to do? He's going to cry his bloody eyes out. (laughs) Why is he going to cry his bloody eyes out? Because he is coming down from a big roller coaster. Like it's up, 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 down, down, Mm -hmm. down, down, down. Mm -hmm. 
we were raising our kids, my wife would be like, John, why is he crying so much? I'm like, because he's on a roller coaster. Like, all we've done is have fun. Now mm-hmm, he has to mm-hmm. go to bed. Yeah. Now it's, it's just sad, 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 mm-hmm. sad, sad. Not a good way to live. Even kill. You have your good ups, you have your good, but you don't want to like get yourself on a mental roller coaster. So many people are on a mental roller coaster. That's why actors and actresses and famous people that are on stage have so much time when they're living in the cracks. And when I say living in the cracks, I mean times when they're not on stage. Mm-hmm. They don't know what to do. The elation's not there. The importance mm-hmm. is not there. The significance is not there. It's kind of, uh, I can get on a, a soapbox about this. But the more we can manage emotions <laughs> in business, yeah, the better off we'll be and the more productive we'll be. Yeah, it's very true to keep it all in check. And it's a job. It's a, a way to the means, as you say, to the lake house. That's all it is. It's yeah. not anything else. And if it's not this particular job, it might be the next job. It might be starting your entrepreneur journey. It might be a lot of things. It looks like a thousand different ways and it can all be simultaneous. It can be one at a time. That's all that is. It's a ways to means to the ways it's you're going to get there. That's how you're going to get it. Yeah. And Tony Robbins does such a great job. And I love this term. And uh, I kind of came up with it, but it's called like managing through the uh, the cracks. So if you think about your life, your life is a series of events. And in many of those events, you're always looking forward to. Like maybe it's going out to dinner tonight with your husband. Maybe it's seeing mm-hmm. your grandson. But it's the time in between those events that are more important than the events itself. Because when you're going through a fun event, it's easy to be happy. Many, many people struggle with the cracks. Those are the times in before the events occur or after the events have happened. And a great example of that, and I just use this as an example, would be Janis Joplin. She could do well when she was on stage. She could do well when she was uh, in the uh, recording studio. She could do well when she was with a significant other. She could do well when she was, uh, I think I said it already, anytime she was in the spotlight, she did mm-hmm. well. She got on her own. Her best friend was Southern Comfort and Drugs. And that's why she's no longer on this earth. And that's why it's so important that we learn to manage ourselves through the cracks. Yeah. Keep that one in mind. I love, love, love. This was a, a lovely way, a lovely way to start oh, okay. my day, awesome. this conversation. Absolutely. Cool. All right. So the website, again, is Sales Warrior Inspired. Yep, saleswarriorinspire.com and hit me up on LinkedIn, John Sales Warrior. I can't have enough friends on, on that. You, and if, uh, you can look up my Facebook group. It's a public group and it, it's called Sales Professionals Real World Wisdom. Real World Wisdom. There's a bunch of Facebook groups that are called Sales Professionals, but, uh, but mine's called Sales Professionals Real World Wisdom. Well, this has been, I was looking forward to it because. I've been there, done it. Well, it's fun to geek out over over sales. And it's a great way of connecting to people. It sharpens your listening skills. And when you heard two different words, when you heard see and hear, you knew exactly which lever to push and then how to further in that discovery. And that's the whole art of it. The whole art isn't like getting that. Yes, of course. Do you want that end product? Of course you do. But it's the art of sales. It's the dance. It's right. It's all of that, that you learn in between about people. You know, one thing I teach, and this is something to leave the people with, but one thing I teach is uh, learn to talk about your product without saying your product. And two, if while you're having a presentation, it's not a tennis match, you're not really having a conversation with your prospect. It should be back and forth. You should be checking in, getting their ability to understand what you're sharing. And it should be back and forth. And it should be a process of you finding out what's important to them. And then you sharing the benefits of what you do. And if you do that properly, you don't even need to mention the name of the product. Because at the end, if you do that properly, they'll say, well, how do I get this done? Like, how do I do this? Let's let's get started. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. The product, the the name of the product is irrelevant. And uh, Zig Ziglar did a great job with this in his book, See You at the Top. He said, you know, 
Last year, 1.5 million drills were sold and nobody wanted one. Like 1.5 million homeowners bought a drill and nobody wanted one. And people are like, why did 1.5 million people buy a drill and didn't want it? Because they needed holes. Mm. The benefit of the drill, not the right. drill. The right. drill drills holes. They needed to right. drill a hole at their house right. to sink in a screw so that they could hang a picture. They did not need a drill. And that's important. Like people don't need your products. People don't need your services. They need the benefits to mm -hmm. your products and services and what they can do for them. And more importantly, they need to uh, be emotionally attached to that benefit. If you can get them emotionally attached, they will buy your product as long as it's affordable. Love, 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 love. All right. Thank you, John. This has been oh, yeah, absolutely. really, really, it just brings a really big smile to my face. I appreciate well, your time. Cool, cool. Well, I can and share your, my life's and your motto knowledge. if you want, Stephanie. Uh, go ahead. Okay. So here's my life's motto. I've had a lot of death in my family. So this is kind of why I have this life's motto, but life is for living. And I always couple it with life is short. And a lot of people live their life like life is going to last forever. But if you ever get the chance to go visit a hospital and see the uh, people in the terminally ill area of the hospital, life is short. Your life is short. My life is short. Everybody's life is uh, not finite. It is going to end at one point in time. And if you live with that predisposition that life is short, then you could really go out and enjoy your life. Like life is for living. Go out and have a good time. Go out and do the things you want to do. Don't put off things. Go out and really, really enjoy life. And that's my inspirational message to end. Love, love, love. So go live it. Let's go. Oh, yeah. Joyfoundhere.com. That is the website for your comments. And thank you in advance for the five-star review because I know it, this is five plus stars, but they only allow five. So just click the five. That'll work. Also, just your thoughts. Throw it on that review. We are definitely looking to up our review numbers. They say those things are important. I don't know why, but thank you in advance. Thank you. Uh, really appreciate your support. Each and every week, you guys are there growing and growing, and it just fills my heart. And we will keep it coming without fail. Until next week, have a good week. Be well. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Joy Found Here podcast. If you've enjoyed what you've heard today, please share it with a friend. And of course, if you haven't already done so, subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast player. Don't forget to head over to joyfoundhere.com for any questions, comments, and feedback. Until next week, keep your head up and your crown straight. You've got this.